Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now, I know that the past few episodes I have had guests on. Um, that is kind of what I promised and planned to do this year, was just to kind of get in the habit of, of getting more guests on. Um, but I will still endeavour to get some episodes in that it's just myself, because I know that some of you like me to cover some specific topics. Um, and, and a lot of the topics I'll cover, and the one, for example, the one I'll cover today, some of them will tend to stem from just experience. Um, others will just tend to tend from like allowing you to understand the basic concepts of some of, some of the things we do within bodybuilding and trying to put them across in, in layman's terms. So I, I hope that uh, you, you're you okay with listening to, to my dulcet tones once again um, this week and uh, I'll, uh, I'll make sure that I get some some guests arranged for for the weeks and the months that are coming, but a pretty exciting time of the year uh, for for a lot of people. It's maybe you could say boring. However, as a coach, you start to then get your athletes. Some of which are eight weeks out. Some are coming up for ten. Um, you start to see them change. You know, maybe you're implementing some high days, or you're just starting to see that the final look isn't come necessarily coming together. But it's you're starting to see the signs of oh okay we've never seen that before or, oh man that's like look at how you got Samsung's are looking in this shot versus maybe you know we've never dieted down to this point before so we've never seen it so it's quite an exciting point um, and I think again these sort of it's these are the the points that as a, someone that just follows you follows on Instagram you don't see all you see is the the stage photo or the photo with the athlete outside the venue or. Or whatever it is, but you don't see the the, the sort of three check-ins a week that some of them are doing. The ones that are eight weeks out are all three week three check-ins a week. The ones that are coming up for about twelve, uh, they're still at two. But then when they hit ten, they'll go up uh, nine or ten weeks. They'll go up to three. The ones that are at eight, when they get to to six, it might be every second day. And then you know when they get almost a month out, it could potentially be every single day. So it is exciting. Um, the the prospect of another big year got a lot of clients competing uh, not only myself but Ali's got them as well and I think Clara's got a couple so across the brand again we're looking to have a really strong year but not only that we uh, have a, a lot of clients doing photo shoots as well and that's obviously one thing that we do specialize in um, and with that as well you know we do work with non-competitors or non-fortunate clients, ones that are just trying to make a radical sort of body transformation. But anyway, I digress, I'm, I'm blabbering again. We're going to talk about a topic um, that really plagues bodybuilders um, across across the world, really, not just across the country. But and that comes to, to, to knee pain. Uh, I would say that most experienced bodybuilders have experienced knee pain at some point in their journey, but personally, this is something that I had to to deal with uh, frequently over the years, but I always find a way. I always find a way to try and train around the pain, or and still make my legs grow. Um, sometimes I trained through it, which was a bit fucking stupid to do now in hindsight. But hey, you live and you learn. But um, what I'd like to do in this episode is just how to. It's just to explain how you can maybe train around uh, some knee pain or an injury. Um, obviously, if you have some sort of pain. You'd, you'd please go get it checked out. Get checked by a medical professional, such as a physiotherapist or a sports therapist. They can maybe help you identify the source of what's causing the pain or the injury, then allow you to adapt your program accordingly. Um, anytime I've had a niggle or a slight pain, not only me, but anywhere, the first point of call I do is I'm like, right, get it assessed, 
get it treated before I do anything else. And really, without proper diagnosis, um, following like the the following sort of kind of quote unquote and brackets advice that I'll give might not be the might be in your best interest. Um, so please ensure, like, if you're going to make any changes to your your training, that you've you've uh, talked about that with your designated professional beforehand. Because if I'm talking about uh, say dropping the load and slowing it down, which I'll do. Well, you maybe need to drop out some exercises completely. So this is where, again, you need to get the diagnosis first. So the first thing I'd say, the first thing I tend to do, um, I, I know that my niggles tend to stem from uh, weeks of heavier loading. And what I find is when I have stints like I'm in right now of dropping the load and going heavier, that knee pain always dis- dissipates. Now, we always love to go heavy, right? We... I know what it's like. I love to put as many plates on the hack squat as I possibly can. Um, however, it might not be the best thing to do if you are experiencing that little bit of discomfort. Uh, don't get me wrong, my ego t- took a hit as well. Um, but dropping the weight and performing a high rep set with lighter loads is it's going to reduce the amount of kind of force that you could say it's going through the knee joint. Um, but it's also giving you a, a stimulus, a new stimulus to grow from, right? So. There'll always come a time in my own training where I've got to go through these higher phase, uh, these higher rep phases, because the heavy shit, it's just like I just describe it as right. That's getting a bit too much, you know. Like when my training partner Chris, he said the same. Um, if I per, like, if I like, when I know if I was to persist, I know I'd then have to, I'd get injured, and I have to back off for a couple of weeks. So. Whenever I start to feel some soreness, I, I just back off immediately. Um, and one of the one of the main I suppose one of the main reasons, um, I and I, I learned this the hard way. So this is me holding my hand up saying one of the main reasons that kind of accompanies heavier loads is that um, progressions like that are what we're trying to progress our weight on the bar. Like often a a lo- loss of tempo and a control of movement can be seen alongside that. You might uh, find a scenario where your top set is looking a lot less controlled. It's maybe more based upon momentum, less based on muscle contraction. And take this scenario back here. Now that's happened, which of course that's not what we want. But that's something that does happen because, you know, we we uh, as bodybuilders, we something I need to remind myself of every day. Is, you know, it's it's not all about the load. It's how, it's about the load, but it's also about how you move it. So, let's say you switch to you go right. You know what? And this is what I did. I went, right, fuck that. I'm not doing anything below 15 reps. So what I meant was, and I'm, I'm doing this right now, but I've done this multiple times in the past. But what it means is obviously it's a lot lighter load. And I went, right, uh, let's gain, just regain some control of the, the movement pattern. Let's just place a bigger emphasis on initiation, contraction, effectively like relearning the movement, making sure you're initiating with the quads at the bottom, um, try to feel every muscle fiber that you possibly can. And although, as I said, although it's going to feel weird to like go from say I'm doing a six to eight to a, a set of fifteen or whatever, the the higher rep ranges, the slower tempo, as I said before, will give you this new found stimulus to grow because you're getting more muscle fiber recruitment from that. You're also effectively, if you were to work at the load, you're probably putting more total load through the quads themselves. Um, based on just doing say six times a hundred versus sorry 
six reps times 100 kilos versus let's say you drop it to say 60 kilos and you do 15 or, or whatever but then remember you're maybe doing two or three sets at 15 reps and above so the total load and i've done a podcast on the total cumulative load will probably ultimately be more and if you're in you know if you're in less pain then it's a it's a win-win if you are thinking if, you know again using the hack as an example i often use in like a like a 3010 tempo like down for three no pause at the bottom, up for one, um, no pause at the top, straight to the next rep. However, I'll always take a breath at the top. Um, but, you know, ask yourself, like, well, next time you're in the gym, are you are you videoing yourself? Are you seeing what your tempo's like as you progress the load up? Is is it getting a little bit more ropey? Is it, is it beginning to not look like it did, you know, a few months ago? Um, so that'd be my first point of call, is if it's a little bit of discomfort, Look at how much you've been low, how long you've been loading for. Think about a stint of maybe going through higher rep phases. But again, you maybe speak to a physio, phys, a physio or sports therapist, and they're like, "Nah, you just need to like completely remove certain certain squat patterns or specific movements." And I guess that's that's the second thing that you need to look at about say working around knee pain is that. And this again, I'll hope I give you a scenario from myself. Um, the pendulum squat, for some reason, it just it doesn't agree with my left knee, particularly when uh, when uh, I do a pause, right? So if you if you're out there and you look at your lower lower workouts across the week, and you're thinking actually. You know, I've got a little bit of knee pain. Um, one simple solution that you could that you could try for, like, let's say a week, and I've done this with clients. Um, say for that week, say right, I'm going to pull all all quad movements out, replace them with glute and hamstring work. So then, maybe that alleviates that knee pain. You go back in. You maybe you go back in, but you go back in at lighter loads, relearn the form, the tempo, etc. Et it's it's maybe not the solution but it's maybe a way of alleviating um a little bit of pain maybe maybe to try maybe you're due a deload in like three weeks and you've got a little bit of a niggle or no i'm not, not I'm, i think you, you don't plan deloads but let's say it's it's coming up for there but you've got a bit more room to push um that's that's the one suggestion could be just adapting the plan for um for that for those leg days um or there's, there's different things we can implement which i'll get into but taking some time away from training can be mentally quite hard for a lot of people. So just adjusting what you're doing for that week or two, backing off, and then when you go back in, you've maybe perhaps um, changed some of the movement patterns. So you might, as I said, like so for me, I, I was like, right, I need to remove this top set paused pendulum squat because it was causing me aggravation, a little bit of discomfort in my knee. So what, what I found is that I, I moved that squat over to the hack. So now I do three sets on the hack. I, don't be wrong. I love the pendulum. So it was hard to do. But anytime I have a stint of training on it, trying to go heavy, it, it fucks it. But what I found is I can get away with a higher rep set on the pendulum at a lighter load. So I still do one set there. And that's just an example that like my band mechanics are, are such that like a combination perhaps of the... The angle of the machine, the length of my femur, like which is a fancy word for leg bone, the forces that are going through my knee joint, they all just don't it just doesn't agree with me. Where someone might go in the pendulum and be like, Oh fuck, that's that's absolutely brilliant. Um the pendulum I connect with it 
really, really well. Um, I actually, when I think, when, when I think back, um, I replaced it. I replaced it with a Smith machine for a while, but then um, I eventually it got to, it got too because of my lack of mobility and my and my and my delts, I couldn't fit in the Smith anymore. So I decided, right, I'll go back to the pendulum and I'll do I'll do one set. So again, if you've got a bit of knee discomfort, um, you've maybe thought, right, back off the gas for a week, but replace some of those movements with say gluten ham, but really hone in on. The movements like is there a specific one that's maybe aggravating it and if you're a well-experienced bodybuilder or, tri- or like athlete like you'll know you'll be like actually well fuck it's actually the the pendulum squat it's the v squat it's whatever it is that's causing it you'll know straight away yeah you pull pull that volume out for a week but then when you go back to training quads that moves changed it switched to something that does that does agree with you um and then I guess what we can do is is have a as another option is have a stint of using um, let's say occluded work or implementing some sort of like reverse banding to our uh, to our moves. Now this is something that I suppose you've maybe seen on Instagram. You've you maybe seen me do it on the hack squat. Someone else do it. You know, dropping down the bands, pulling another way, and wondering, well, what the hell is this for? I've done um, a podcast on this, and I've done a whole article on the website. But um, to put it in layman's terms, you know, we're to band a, a hack squat at the top, so that as we drop down, the bands pulling back up. You're entering the bottom range uh, of of knee flexion, of knee bend, right? And as you're down there, your your knees are sorry, your your quads in a weak position, right? Um, so what the band does is it creates a drop off where the muscle's weak. Um, it also reduces, so this is a fancy term, the inertial effects of um, the weight that effectively means that the forces that are going to go through the knee joint as you go to completely change your uh, your, your movement of direction to, you know, to going up, um, there's a reduction in those sort of forces due to the band. So what this does, is it allows us to like initiate our quads out of the bottom. You know, it's making the it's making the, the the move a little bit easier. And as we push into that sort of mid range, the, the band's obsolete. Where we're in the mid range, the muscles, the quads, are quite strong. Now that's again advantageous because you get hit with the load. There's no help, so you're getting a drop off where you're weaker. There's less joint forces going through the knee better um, point at which you can sort of initiate with the quads, contract and then sort of drive upward, then you get hit over a better, better overall stimulus to grow. Now, if you've never done reverse banded work and you implement this, I guarantee that your knees will thank you for it the stronger you become and the heavier you start to go. Um, and as I said, I say this from experience because I used to have, I still, I still get it now, but back in the day, like I used to just be played with knee pain, and I used to just try and like push through it stupidly. Um, when obviously there was other things I could could have done, but I was just stubborn. Trained at a pure gym. There's only a set amount of moves I could do, um, and and I just did them week in week out. Um, and eventually the knee pain went away. I'll get as I'll get into as as to why it went away at the time as well. Um, but yeah, don't don't do my stupid methodology which was that a few years ago but also what you can do um 
is implement some occlusion training. And again, I've done done a podcast on occlusion training. Uh, I've done a pod, uh, an article on that as well. I have one client who was specifically implemented with recently who has a lot of knee pain. Um, and what you have to do with occlusion training is because you're restricting blood flow, uh, you have to massively reduce the load that you are performing. Um, just due to the, as I said, restriction of, let's say, oxygenated blood. Blood is full of oxygen that's usually being delivered to the working muscle. You're cutting off that supply. What you're also doing, though, is you're allowing this buildup of waste products in the muscle you're lifting. Like, what's a waste product? Think of lactic acid um, and other waste products like that, that you get from, say, contracting muscle. Um, that You allow that to build up. Now, you're not allowing that to be taken away. You also take limited rest. So the body's ability to clear that is decreased. So, you, you know, therefore, you're, you're experiencing what we'd say like a burn like no other. So you may be able to go ahead and do those same movements that you've always loved doing but have a stint of training that is maybe maybe it's two or three four weeks or whatever where you have to do occluded work because that that knee is just causing you too much pain but due, due to the fact that you had to drop the load quite a lot i guarantee that the the knee pain will dissipate now again this isn't a long-term solution it's temporary but it's still it's actually a stimulus that can still promote growth especially if you've never done it before um, and again as i said to find out the the ins and outs of of that just check out the other the podcast it'll be i'd love to know what episode it is i should have probably written this down before i came on and recorded this one um but have, have a search on that or on the on the website but as i said it's a new stimulus that, that your body's never been exposed to giving you a new stimulus to grow um and if you're let's say you combine that with reverse band work as well right and also you combine it with different machines the ones that aren't causing you pain uh, you can see how much like better your training is going to become um, and how much sort of like, not quickly, that knee pain is going to speak because that's the wrong word, but just how much more uh, efficient that'll be for, for your recovery. And I also think that what's not spoken about a lot of is that you can, a lot of, pe- lot of people's pain can stem from this imbalance between how strong their quads are um, or uh, and how weak their glutes and hamstrings are. At the same time, a lot of people are very tight in the quads or tight in their hip flexor um, and, and that can cause a little bit of, of a problem when we're going through some 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 knee, knee movements. And having played basketball for many years prior to bodybuilding, this was kind of like one of my problems. Um, in basketball, you're always on your toes and it's very quad dominant movement, a lot of sprinting and whatnot. Um, however, in sort of 2017 is when I started looking to, to rectify it and never really looked back. And it, it, I still remember my coach at the time was James Sutton. You will know him as James the Muscles Mentors. Uh, I was doing a hip thruster and I um, I sent him a video of me doing it. This was in 2017. No. Yeah, 2017. And I said, James, I went, I only feel this in my, my hamstrings and my lower back. And he was like, you've got weak glutes or you're not initiating with your glutes. Um, and actually I used to feel a bit in my quads as well. So like for me, without thinking only on that movement, but mostly on other, let's say, squat pattern movements um, where the glutes were involved, what I would do is, without th- without knowing, I'd put more of my load through, extended that knee, straightened the knee out on those movements and, and less or fuck all through my glutes really. Um, and all it took was a slight change in programming, more emphasis on hip hinge work, leg curls, uh, initiation with my glutes is something I never did. And you speak to someone on the gym floor, they, 
look at you like you're an alien if you mention that. Um, what I found was, as I started doing that and fo- like focusing more on getting you know, like taking pride in like doing an RDL at a, a decent load, but also feeling every little bit of it in my glutes and hammies, um, I found that my squat patterns got better and my knees felt a little bit better. Like I found that the 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 stronger my glutes got, um, the better my hack squat the pendulum become I actually wasn't doing the pendulum at the time I trained most of you don't know I don't know apologies massive yawn but some of you may not know I trained from a pure gym from about 20 well when I started bodybuilding 2016 up until really the end of 2019 but I was training there before that because I was I was a one-to-one PT and uh, yeah, so I, I had a Smith, a hack squat, a leg press. I couldn't leg press because of my mobility. So it was always the Smith and the hack that were my load movements for quads. Uh, actually, years before that in 2016, tried to force myself to barbell squat, um, even though I don't have the mechanics to do so. But hey, I'm pretty stubborn. But anyway, back to the point. Uh, that's when I kind of tried to focus on getting my, my glutes you know, strong. I, I don't think that... This or anything that I've said is a solution, but I feel that it can help. It'll help you have no like. It, it can only help to have a reduction in knee pain based on just changing what you're doing. If you continue to do the same thing, you're going to get what you've always gotten. However, but you, if you look at just some strategies you can change to work around that that pain or discomfort or injury, whatever it is, um, you'll you'll no doubt have a bit more fun with your training and still be able to train pretty hard. I think that having a strategic... If you find that you've spoke to a physio or a sports therapist or a medical professional, whoever it is, and they've said, yeah, actually, you know what? Your quads are just really dominant. This is what's causing the pain, your, um, the pain that you're in then dropping your quad volume for a period of time and putting in more glute and hamstring work would be hugely advantageous. Hugely advantageous because as I said, like, well, actually I didn't say, like, your glutes will still be involved on a lot of squat pattern movements. It doesn't matter if you're on the hack or the pendulum, your barbell squat and the V-squat, whatever it is, your glutes should, should still be involved in that, albeit they just won't be the main mover but they're still going to need to produce a little bit of work. So if you can get to the point where they're very, very strong and you've not got this imbalance anymore, then no doubt as you're going through those movement patterns, those your knees should should feel that a little bit better. So I guess, you know, this is maybe, maybe probably more of a, a podcast where I'm speaking about my own personal experience, what I've maybe done with clients, uh, just to reiterate that any, you know, any sort of pain, discomfort, injury, go see someone straight away and don't just think oh that big fucking lanky guy uh, from Dundee who's on Give It The Beans Von Wilson said that I could just like do this and then I'm just going to do that and it fucked me up even more like that's not what this is intended to do uh, this episode it's just intended to give you uh, get you get you thinking about your training you know if you've got a coach speak to them speak about a suggestion because it's something that kind of crops up every week every other week in check-ins there's always a different client 
a little bit knee pain here um there and you know there may be due deload someone else is not and think all oh, right okay it's that move that's causing it and then someone else right okay we'll do a clue and with you um as i said it's, it's so person dependent i i started getting a lot of knee pain um just before me and my wife went away for our anniversary so that was like the start of december and then when i came back uh stupidly i had a bit of an ego uh wanted to get eight plates on the hack and i was at seven and a 15 um, I went for it and it was fine, but my knee killed killed me for a week after. So anyway, around that time, that's when I decided, no, fuck that. And from about, this is now five weeks on, six weeks on, um, I I don't have any pain. Trained legs yesterday and it was fine. Uh, for a period of time, I dropped the pendulum completely. Uh, I just did 15, set, uh, 15 sets. No, I didn't. I did three sets of 15 on the hack. Um, and yeah, it was all good. And, and, and now I'm able to have re-implemented the pendulum. My volume's still the same. And uh, it feels okay. I'm actually, for those that are even interested, remotely interested, uh, I'm actually only training four days now, um, which is a Monday, Tuesday, off Wednesday, and then a Thursday, Friday. And it kind of goes upper, which and then I'll finish with triceps, um, lower, and then I'll tag on biceps, off, pushing arms, and then posterior on the Friday. And then that's usually tag on biceps is, again. Reason being for me is that just uh, I, can, I can grow really well off that. I'm still fine. I'm, I'm getting pretty strong. But um, yeah, I just wanted to be just just be, be around for the, see the wee man a bit more at the weekends and, and whatnot. It's been great. Really, really great. So yeah, probably continue that for. I'd be really interested to see what, you know, a good sort of six months on four days, see what that does. A lot of the big dudes out there train four days. Uh, opposed to five so yeah be really interested to see how it goes and i'll i'll no doubt talk about that in a podcast in the months to come but anyway guys that's it for me hope you enjoyed this one and remember that wherever you are whatever you do give it the beans